Let's get back into it. We got a hopper full here this afternoon. Dan Moulton, Anthony Fury, Peter Tabbins in the house. And uh, Danny, I got to ask you because you served with McGinty and Wynn both, and uh, it seems on their watch, uh, they rang up quite a deficit uh, and debt. Debt now stands at $338 billion. The deficit projected to be $15 billion in the year going forward, although in leaving, uh, the government had said, the Liberal government, it was going to be about $6.7 billion, even though the numbers uh, were being quibbled over uh, with the Auditor General and so on and so forth. So Doug Ford's decided individual uh, audits and accounts, uh, accounting done. Uh, and the latest is this Committee of Inquiry into the Liberal Spending which uh, some people are saying will uh, really drill down on where the bodies are buried. Uh, do you see this as being, uh, I'm asking the wrong guy, I guess, but uh, does this have merit? I think that there's a very complex story here that's being simplified into a bit of a fantasy tale that sounds very compelling on, on, on the radio and certainly in headlines. But the idea that there is some sort of financial crimes that were committed under the previous government's watch is uh, ludicrous. Uh, what we're seeing uh, Minister Fideli do, and we saw him do last week at the um, uh, Economic Club on Friday, was what every government does when, they're, uh, when they've been elected. Uh, they seem to discover there was a great big deficit that was hidden. We saw this under the McGuinty government in 2003 when, when Mr. Eves uh, was voted out of office. We saw a massive hidden deficit. We're seeing the same thing happen here again. It's a cycle that repeats and repeats. And Minister Fideli actually recognized that in his speech. Uh, mostly well, this he deficit said he, is driven, mostly this deficit is driven by a decision to no longer count the surpluses in public pension plans uh -huh. on the province's books, driving up the deficit by about $5 billion. Uh -huh. uh, and then deficits are, you know, policy decisions. Uh, they are about uh, ministers sitting at a table, uh, looking at the, the, f the fiscal balance sheet and making a determination about spending over the co coming year, about uh, how to sort of frame uh, and position the deficit uh, on the government's fiscal plan. Uh, he's increased that to $15 billion now. Uh, and that's a decision this government's making, not one made by the previous Oh, really? I, I thought it was a case of uh, he was willing to uh, accept that maybe it was in the ballpark of $10, 5000000000 $11 billion. Now it turns to fifteen, And you're saying it's Fideli who's well, manufacturing? Well, the $5 billion that the, the, the surplus from the pension plans that's no longer considered on the books right. is a big driving factor for the increase in the budget deficit. That well, how come it was on the books, according to the Liberal government? Well, Cal that was the widely accepted financial accounting practice. The well, Auditor widely General... Widely accepted? Yeah, absolutely. There was a... Uh, a report commissioned by independent auditors from across the country that disagreed with the Ontario Auditor General when she mm. revised a long-standing opinion that surpluses from public pensions could be counted on the books as a fiscal asset by provinces. Or the financial accountability officer and so on and so on. Well, okay, let me just go around the horn here. Uh, how do you feel, Peter Tabbins? I mean, this is the... I bet he has a different opinion. Committee of Inquiry uh, <laughs> looking into the profligate spending of the Liberal government. Do you think it'll uh, come up with anything of consequence? I'm not sure that it will. I think more than anything else, it's going to be a dog and pony show to set things up for large-scale cuts. It was interesting because we were in debate on this today, John. So I was listening to the Conservatives talk about it, and one of the uh, Conservative members was talking about the horrendous, and they're correct, unfair liberal hydro plan where Ontario is borrowing tens of billions of dollars to reduce hydro rates. And... The member was talking about the huge liability and risk we're taking on and how this has to be investigated. And as I pointed out, in fact, the Tories adopted it wholesale, made it part of their policy. They're carrying on this program that they're condemning. Uh, one of the things that we pointed out before is because the Liberals were using an Enron-style accounting system where they were hiding this borrowing off the books, uh, it was costing Ontario 
$4 billion more to borrow the money than if they just borrowed it outright. Well, let me is, ask you. Sorry, no. Is Fidelity actually going to take action, given he has power to stop that? No indication of that whatsoever. So dog and pony show, setting things well, what up if for he cops, finds out repeating all the same mistakes uh, the Liberals but, made. Here you are, the NDP's energy critic. What if they find out that uh, there have been massive amounts of money that have gone into uh, the pockets of the well-connected or friends in high places through, I don't know, the Green Energy Act? Wouldn't you want to know that? Well... Frankly, I know that privatized power means that wealthy people have done extraordinarily well. Well, well looking Gas after plants, friends in high places. Don't you want to explore? But, and, uh, but frankly, if you've got a situation where there has been criminal activity, call the cops. Call the OPPB. So you're not interested? Well, I'm interested in looking what's there, but I know what the real function of this is going to be for the Tories. This is all about having a dog and pony show. Rather I than holding people to account. You're just saying it's a were, pretext, a precursor frankly, to making cuts. they were thrown cuts. out of government. They were thrown out of government. Let's get Anthony in here. Speaking of calling the cops, okay, there's three things that some inquiry committee investigative body needs to do. Number one, so back in the 1860s until 2002, Ernie's last budget, the budget grew to be $62 billion, 150 years. From 2002... Until 2018, it suddenly doubled once again. I understand there's power of compounding, but that does not add up. So I want to know, A, how in the hell did that happen? B, the second thing we need to know, what do we do about it? Where do we find those efficiencies? And it's more than just the few billion uh, from not having cap and trade. There's more to be found there. How do we get there? Number three, to Peter's point, we need to find out what was behind some of the much more salacious things. The orange issue is not over. I understand they had their hearings, but the Liberal government was in power when all of that happened. We need to know who were the backroom people who cobbled together this. And I do not make this statement lightly. They should be criminally charged. And there are a number of situations where you look at what happened, you go, I think we have some criminal charges on our hands. Those people in orange, they knew who they, knew who they are. They're not public servants. They're, they're consultants who are involved in that. So you're saying it's not too late to go back and revisit the file? By the way, uh, Dan, when uh, our friend here, Anthony, cited the uh, doubling in spending from the 2002 to 2000, whatever, uh, 18 year, I guess a 55% increase, basically, in the uh, costs of services in the government and everything like that. That sound legitimate to you? I mean, that's astronomical for it to have spiked that way, the trajectory, if you graph it. Uh, how, how do we account for that? I think that largely includes uh, a significant increase in the infrastructure spend in this province, which was uh, left derelict under previous governments of all stripes, uh, up until uh, the, the previous government really took a significant interest in investing enormous sums of money in infrastructure in this province and our, and our roads and bridges in particular. And that is uh, setting us up for economic success for, for decades. And I think that it was an investment that was long overdue. Those and were so, one-time spends though. That's pardon? just the general growth of the raw budget. That's not a one-time spend that we're talking about here. Well, no, I... I, I mm. So you're saying massive I, saying new that, infrastructure rolling year over year. Well, yes, I am. I'm saying that there was uh, certainly increases in public spending. I'm not going to say that there there wasn't. Uh, I mean, a financial crisis struck uh, that required immediate economic action uh, and a great deal of spending. There was enormous investments in, in public services, healthcare, education in particular. So yes, there were increases in spending. Of course there were. What about but the, 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 kind the public of, service? The kind of uh, growth that Anthony's talking about uh, 
wasn't just driven by increasing in spending for for staff, as I'm sure you'd like to say, John. It was a lot of it was to do with infrastructure spending. Well, and also don't forget that Dalton McGinty and Kathleen Wynne reduced corporate taxes so that the money that we needed to actually run Ontario to make sure people are educated, that we have roads, that we have all of the infrastructure that a modern society needs, was underfunded because we cut the amount of revenue that was supposed to be coming in. Something that... Doesn't seem to be get counted at all well, and needs to be recognized. You can't keep right. cutting revenue and expect that you can pay for the services well, that you need. But taxes were cut steeply during the economic crisis. I mean, corporate taxes were cut to among the lowest in North America. And, and, and I think that was the right decision. But I agree with Peter. We have a revenue problem in this province. And those taxes need to be looked well, at Well, we've got to remain competitive as well. So, uh, well, I don't know how we'll square that circle. Let's come back. I wanted to talk about something else when it comes to justice in this country. Uh, a lot of people see this particular case of Terry Lynn McClintock as uh, an outrageous injustice. We'll speak to that issue and more topics worthy of discussion in a moment with our panel, Dan Moulton, Anthony Fury, Peter Tabbins here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio 640 Toronto.